You're listening to the voice of Rowan Prof Sports. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your host, Aaron Hook. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS FM, RowanRadio.com Channel 2. This is the Monday edition of Offsides coming to you here on the 9th of October, 5.02 p.m. in Glassboro. I am Aaron Hook, uh, and I am joined by Sam Prince and Aiden Ray here to uh, discuss a lot that's been going on uh, in the sports world, guys. And, you know, we talked about last week on offsides on how we were on the brink of postseason baseball. We are now in full swing October mode. Uh, ALDS has wrapped up the first two games in each of those series. NLDS games, uh, game twos are tonight. Um, and we're here, man. Uh, and we've got a lot to talk about. Obviously, um, I've said now the past couple weeks, I love this Monday time slot because uh, we get to recap Sunday in the NFL yesterday, look ahead to the Monday night game tonight. And NBA preseason started as well. Mm-hmm. And so basketball uh, is only a couple of weeks away. And that is also very exciting. Uh, first of all, I just want to gauge how you guys are doing. I know it was another quite dismal football weekend for you two Giants fans. But besides that, how are you guys doing? I'm doing great today. How are you doing, Aiden? I'm doing pretty good, honestly. Look, I, I, and I told Sam this. Again, this is going to be another shameless plug. Third and long. Why is this a shameless plug? Third, well, maybe not shameless, but, you know, we have to get it in there. Third and long comes out Tuesdays at 630. So we really get into the week slate previous there um, because we record on Tuesdays. We get to include the Monday night game in there. So – I think for now, I'll spare you two with, with the Giants. I think um, we should talk with the Giants in further detail tomorrow. But tonight... I, I think giving you a, another day to grieve is probably a good idea. Um, tonight we got a good game. Devontae's return. We do. However, we're going to start a playoff baseball. Because playoff baseball, man, it's been exciting. It really has. It's been a good postseason so far. Um, and I think to start... Obviously, we've got game two tonight, uh, Phillies and Braves, 6.07 p.m., so just over an hour away here from first pitch uh, as we are live on offsides. Zach Wheeler tonight, Aiden, going up against Matt uh, Matt Freed, who really had an interesting season. He got hurt in, in May, was out until uh, August, then comes back. He's only made 14 starts this year, um, and he is dealing – with a, a blister on his finger, I believe on his throwing hand, I believe on his left hand. Um, this is a guy, Matt Free, when he's fully healthy, is one of the best pitchers in baseball. Phillies throwing out their ace and Zach Wheeler. It should be a really good game, too, Aiden, after the Phillies stole game one on the road. Yeah, that was huge for the Phillies, especially going into Atlanta, taking game one. And, of course, like 
they're up one game, one game to nothing, especially the Braves being the best team in the NL East themselves. But Best team in baseball. Exactly. Last, what, 104 wins. 104 and 58. And especially the Phillies doing the same thing as last year. They won game one in Atlanta, and now tonight's game two, which is going to be – the Bra- if the Braves want to, like, win – take this series they need this is a big game for the Braves and, the, and also for the Phillies if they want to like also obviously win this series this game can put a massive step for the Phillies too so this game is big for both teams but real but if the Phil, but if the Braves win this isn't like a huge deal for the Phillies because they took one from Atlanta and of course Citizens Bank Park is a massively crazy environment mm-hmm. when it's postseason ball when it's red October for them if Atlanta goes if Atlanta has to come to Philly, Sam, down two nothing, for me, I I, I don't it's, it's toast. I yeah. don't see them winning both of those games. If Atlanta is going to win the series, they need to win tonight. They do, and they I need agree. to win the opener in Philly. Because if you win tonight and win the opener in Philly, that sets a tone. Well, and yeah, it completely flips the series on its head. I mean, the Phillies got such a good start um, from Ranger Suarez, who. Gets pulled after three and two-thirds innings in game one. I was pretty surprised they they took him out as early as they did, but uh, the Phillies' bullpen came through in big spots. Uh, They used, what, one, two, three, six guys out of the bullpen after Suarez, Sam, and now you have to hand the ball to your ace in in Zach Wheeler, who him and Nola, man, in the postseason the last couple years, they have been money for the Phillies. They have been money, and Wheeler, you know, their numbers may not show it, but when they're on, they're on. Nola... Who had a great performance on I believe it I believe the game was Thursday night now mm-hmm. now. No, Saturday night, my bad. Saturday night. He got them he Noah got us himself and every win he gets is another five million dollars for him. <laughs> Look, they're the Phillies pitching the Phillies team in, in just general is unstoppable in the playoffs. A, a, as a fan who doesn't particularly love the Phillies they're they're so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. They are. I mean, they get in an environment like that, and again, uh, the pitching performances that they got the first two games uh, in that wild card series. So we get Wheeler started game one against Miami, sits in two thirds, giving up one run, eight strikeouts, only five hits, uh, and then Aaron Nola goes the very next day and uh, even better, seven shutout innings, three hits, three strikeouts. Um, you know, we, we knew that the Phillies' offense was going to – maybe not – because Atlanta's offense is so good, but you knew the Phillies' bats – you saw it last year. They'd come alive in the postseason, man. But the difference is they, they're pitching through the first three games of the postseason for them have been absolutely spectacular. Um, they've allowed two runs in the first three games. So if you factor that in – and Atlanta then also, of course, like we just talked about, has to go into an, an environment like CBP, Aiden. Um, for a team like Atlanta, even though they were, you know, an 104-win regular season team, um, the last two years, the Phillies, I, I mean, we're, we've yet to see it this year, but last year the Phillies got the better of them at home. I mean, the, the, the crowd was just too much for the Braves. They looked lost, and the Phillies had a bunch of huge moments. Of course, the Reese Hoskins bat slam off of Spencer Strider. Um, last year, I, it's going to be really tough. I'm in agreement with Sam, and I think you'll be too. The Braves, if they want a chance to stay alive and, and win this series, not get sent home in the NLDS after being the best team in baseball, tonight they got to win. They have to win tonight, especially. And also with last year with that environment being insanely 
crazy and like wild. That's especially a factor due to them not having a postseason um, appearance since 2011. Oh, so th- literally, they're gonna go all in for this. They are going all in for their crowd to go crazy when yeah. when Philadelphia has postseason baseball because the, knowing Philly, they their fans can go nuts. They can go nuts. They sure they can. they love postseason ball, but it's it's gonna be ins- it's gonna be insane again for them. They were without it for eleven years, and yeah, they they obviously had that run as a wild card team to the World Series yeah. last year, and they're a wild card again too. And, and higher <laughs> expectations though, for sure yeah. this year. Yeah, um, because last year there was like they did not expect to do this at all, but now their players have experience throughout all the playoffs, so right. they're able. To have an opportunity to do this again. And obviously adding Trey Turner yes. uh, in the offseason was absolutely huge. Also has also has playoff experience with the Dodgers and even the Nationals. Won a World, World Series. World, yeah, World Series. In D.C. Um, Trey Turner is a guy who has hit well in the postseason. You look at what happened uh, in Game 1 um, back on Friday night. Bryce Harper goes deep again. A monster shot in the right field. Um Harper again is it? It feels like the Phillies, from their stars, guys, they have all just been on the and money. They get the best out of each and every one of their players. You know, you always say, oh, you know that that player's a great regular season performer. But with the Phillies, for example, let's just take Kyle Schwarber. You was oh that guy's great in the postseason. That's what the Phillies are. They are a young postseason team. That can go on a stretch and win the World Series. They are built to win in the postseason. I mean, Bryson Stott is really, to me, one of the more amazing cases on this team. Yeah, um, gr- the grand slam against the Marlins last Wednesday that he had in the sixth <laughs> inning. Bryson Incredible. Stott, man, he's got ice in his veins, and he, he has a flair for the dramatic. Did you like see the video of like the like the the grand slam without any like yep. broadcast? Like, oh my God, their fans, nuts. their fans went crazy on that. As as they should though, because that was oh, yeah. they've this is like that was their first grand slam all season at the point. It was only their set. It was the second grand slam in Philly's postseason history. Isn't that kind of hard to believe? The first That's one was Shane crazy. Victorino. Shane in Victorino. 08. Yes, I remember when the Phillies started this season, and it was and they were bad. Like there was a new stat every day. Oh, the Phillies this, the Phillies that. And Trey Turner was not good at all. And personally, I was so happy. <laughs> you remember that, Aiden? Yeah, I remember like we were mentioning in like history of sport in Philadelphia, we were mentioning like, oh, they've allowed like the most most runs since like the 1880s or something like that, and now they're back in postseason ball at the point. You knew it, this would happen. It, you, you knew it. It's such it's, a, a there's 162 games. Things anything can happen. In the bullpen on Friday, I mean Jeff Hoffman comes in Saturday, two outs in the fourth. When did they play Atlanta? Saturday. They play on, oh yeah, just is Monday. I'm sorry. Saturday. No you're right. And every. Days are starting to feel the same, guys. Um, <laughs> Suarez gets pulled two outs in the fifth. Um, two outs in the fourth, uh, sorry. And then Hoffman comes in, gets a huge strikeout. I mean, you want to talk about the pitching struggles at the beginning of the year, Aiden. Their bullpen, Sir Anthony Dominguez goes the fifth, strikes out the side. Jose Alvarado, clean, sits thinning. Orion Kirkering, who is a guy who was in the minors a month ago, he comes in, pitches the seventh inning of an NLDS game, uh, one two three. Um, Matt Strom gives up one hit, gets out of the inning on Steve Craig Timber one two three ninth. Um, Phillies also. I'm trying to get the stat. 
Phillies turned two double plays in this one. Both of them huge. Both of them with run with especially the Trey Turner one yes, in the eighth. Yes, I mean the Phillies. Um, also, I, I think there were questions about them defensively coming into the year. Obviously, with the the Harper situation and Schwarber having to be shifted to an outfield role every day, but moving Harper to first base has been one of the best things I think the Phillies have done in the long. That time. is a phenomenal move. For Absolutely, the Phillies, especially, and of course they're pitching. To start to start off, I was not a big fan of like them taking Ranger Suarez out early because if anything was to happen I, at the case, uh, but the pitching was able to step up and. Shut out the Braves um, with not allowing anything and str- getting big strikeouts in big situations, especially with runners on base. And when they took him out, you were questioning it, but they were they were reserving his pitch count. Only had fifty three pitches. I, I I think they try to let him go longer. I think they kind of sensed a little bit of danger with with him. Uh, and the Phillies bullpen did a fantastic job. So game two tonight again. Now under an hour away from first pitch, guys. So as soon as offsides is over, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to watch some postseason baseball. Of course. Um, Hell yeah. Phillies and Braves, sit till 7 p.m. Match free against Zach Wheeler in Atlanta at Truist Park. Um, and then let's talk about the other NLDS matchup, guys. And you, you talked about it just before we came on air. Yeah, oh, my God. I was – no. Diamondbacks. After the game, I was like – we were watching – like I was watching it with like my roommate. Oh, my God. We were – in shock, I was like, "What the hell is happening?" Because so there were a the Diamondbacks of- just blew it open in the first. It was six nothing in the first, nine nothing in the second. I was like, "No way!" I'm like, "I'm like, what the hell?" It's the Diamondbacks had like a 52 and 110 record two years ago. Now they're playing <laughs> postseason ball again. They have built a very again very young team. Corbin Carroll, especially Corbin Carroll's he's so good. He's such a stud, dude. Um. Corbin Carroll is going to be great for a long time. Love that guy. I, I want to tell you guys this stat. I want to tell you guys this stat. Hold on. Let me. So, Clayton Kershaw's career regular season ERA is 2.48. That's the best of any active pitcher. I want you guys to take a guess what his postseason ERA is. 9.53. Okay, no, 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 no. 6.06. If that was the case, he wouldn't have a job. Uh, Six is a little better. It's lower. But it's still not that good. Five point two six. It's a little below five. It's it's about four and a half. Four point five two. This is a guy who could be the best pitcher of the generation, and he, he is, is a four and a half ERA for his career in the postseason. Kershaw has honestly really never been a very good postseason pitcher. Diamond Matt Stewart sits runs off of him, guys. Without he didn't even get an out in the first inning, and they were up six nothing. If you are a Dodger fan, that had to be just hard to watch. Absolutely, because, you know. Kershaw, to his, well, I don't say his credit, but his fault, benefit of the doubt, he he was playing on injury. He was playing on injury, and you know this is if they lose in Game Four with Kershaw, let's just say, you got a Game Four, Game Five. Uh, there might not be a Game Four. You never oh, know. If, Arizona. If Arizona wins, you gotta think if you're Clayton Kershaw. I have weird feelings to retire. You think? Yeah. Why did your mic just turn off? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that better? Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I, I got a weird feeling he's going to retire. I mean, he's, he's injury prone. He had one last great year, and he's a free agent. I wouldn't be surprised if he hangs the hat up. We'll see. I, I mean, yeah, man, th- those playoff demons were certainly there for him. I mean, you look at what Arizona does. Corbin Carroll signals home to tell Marte. Um, then Christian Walker drives in Carroll. 
Tommy Pham to third, two guys on, Dave Moreno comes up, crushes a three-run homer, and just like that, sits nothing. At that point, that's where I was, like, shocked about the Diamondbacks because, like, I did not expect them to, like, even, like, win game one, but, like, to break it open in the first inning. Unbelievable. Arizona is a team that obviously had a season – um, kind of a breakout year, right? That's just as yes. you mentioned. Last couple of years had not really been competitive. They Definitely been, one of the most surprising teams in all of baseball this year. They had been building towards something like this. Even then, I don't think people really expected them to be a playoff team this year. Eighty-four exactly. and seventy-eight. Um, because there's the Padres and also the San Francisco Giants. Right. Those two teams are like looking at them, thinking they'd be better than the yeah, D-backs. Yeah. But the D-backs... <laughs> what happened to the Padres? Yeah, yeah Pod- Padres, Padres I had happened. this weird feeling they were going to just make the playoffs and lose the first Ooh. round. Padres ended up two games behind Arizona for the last... And their roster's way... And they have a way better roster on paper than the D-backs, but yeah. the D-backs played better baseball this season. On, yeah, Sometimes on paper. Doesn't matter. It's about... The lineup and the and the vibes in the clubhouse. And <laughs> what you put on what you put on the field, how they play, yeah, the energy, the chemistry together. That's why the Phillies are just so good. Uh, same thing again with Arizona's pitching. Um, you know the two wild card games against Milwaukee, six to three in Game One, uh, and then five to two in Game Two. Zach Dallin pitched Game Two of that series. He's going to pitch again tonight for the Diamondbacks, um, and he will be taking on Bobby Miller. Uh, for Los Angeles, but in game one, I mean, it, the offense obviously put them up early, and honestly, the way Kershaw came off the mound, you could see the whole Dodgers team was just dejected. They were down 8 nothing in the third inning. The game was pretty much over after two innings, um, but Arizona got a marvelous performance on the mound. Merrill Kelly sits in the third, innings of shutout ball, three hits, five strikeouts, and a couple of watts, bullpen, did their thing. Miguel Castro gave up two runs um, in the bottom of the eighth uh, as um, Will Smith uh, hit that two-run uh, triple it was. Uh, Freeman and, and Mooty scored, but that was it. That was the whole entire offense. Arizona's pitching uh, has been very good in this postseason as well. Um, and Zach Dallin, again, is their ace. Uh, and Bobby Miller, on the other hand, you know, this is a young kid for the Dodgers, only 24 years old, first postseason start. 21 starts in the regular season, 3.89 ERA, 1.12 whip. You know, for me, guys, the Dodgers, you know, they're a 100-win they're team. Their offense is, you know, historically good. They have Freddie Freeman having a historic season, no matter which way you put it. For me, pitching-wise, they're, they're a little thin, I think, um, because you have Lance Lynn, who they did at the deadline from Chicago, um, but I mean, he really didn't have a great year at all. Um, Kershaw, we know about his playoff struggles, Aiden. And then Bobby Miller tonight is your, is basically your number two or number three. You have Tony Gonsolin, uh, who is still dealing, um, with an elbow issue and he's out for the year. He was really going to be the guy next to Kershaw, I think, as your number two. It, to me, the Dodgers are pretty thin pitching wise, especially starter, um, starter depth. There could be another taste to me tonight where if Arizona can ride Zach Allen and get a few early runs, they're going to win. They, they could, that could be enough for them to win. Definitely is a rough situation in the pitching room for the Dodgers because also, the, like, because they had, like, Julio Urias and then, of course, he has, who hasn't pitched this season, Walker Buehler. But right. the, the Diamondbacks, man, they were they, they looked amazing in game one. But, but can they continue that in game two is the real, is the real question because the Dodgers – 
they have they have the bats. They know, they have yeah. they have the pieces to hit the ball. Um, that we they showed it in the regular season, but of course in the postseason, it's a new se- it's a new season at that point. So yep. and the Diamondbacks showed up. So we'll see what happens tonight with and especially with Zach Allen on the Zach Allen on the mound. Arizona's got some bats too, man. I mean, they're one through four. Pretty good. To tell Marte, Corman Carroll, Tommy Pham, and then Christian Walker, all guys who can take you deep on one swing. Um, Marte and Carroll obviously are, are great uh, running the bases. 100%. Um, and Tommy Pham, I think, is a really underrated player. I mean, he has four hits in game one. Four for five with three yeah. runs and an RBI, and a, he had a home run. Tommy Pham, to me, has been underrated for a few years now. He's always uh, been underrated. He's been that guy who... Ooh, he's a, he's a pretty underrated guy. He's very good clubhouse He's been playing guy, good in 2023. Yes, yes. So, we'll see. Game 2, NLDS, Phillies and Braves coming up at 6 o'clock. Uh, and then uh, Diamondbacks, Dodgers later at a 9.07 first pitch. All right. Uh, we are going to take a step off. Uh, when we return, we'll get into some more playoff baseball. Talk a little bit about uh, some uh, Sunday football from yesterday. And a little basketball as well and perhaps we'll preview our top five for the end of the show as well but first before we go to break i'll tell you uh about the samaritan center and it is a program that helps glassboro residents with economic difficulties by providing free food once per month you can give back to your community by donating food clothes or by volunteering your time email glassborofoodbank at gmail.com or visit online at glassborofoodbank.org for more information, this community calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for community news and information. Offsides, when we return here on this Monday. Are you struggling with vision loss as you get older? Do you have a child who is blind or losing their vision? Are you a blind person wondering how you'll succeed in school, at work, or as a parent? We can help. The National Federation of the Blind knows that blindness doesn't have to keep you from living the life you want. We invite you to learn more about us and how we can help at nfb.org. The National Federation of the Blind. Live the life you want. Tune in to the Roan Report every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Join me, Allie Bruce, and the rest of the Roan Radio news team as we bring you a recap of weekly news covering local, national, and international stories. Plus, we'll take a look at sports and entertainment news, too. For news around the region and around the world, listen to the Roan Report every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM and online at roanradio.com. And we're back, offsides, here in Glassboro, WGLS-FM Studios. Aaron Hook joined alongside Sam Prince, Aiden Ray. We are in the building talking some postseason baseball. We just discussed uh, the two NLDS matchups that are going on tonight. But, guys, as we all are Yankees fans, not going to talk about them, but they do play in the American League. And uh, there are two series going on there in the uh, divisional round. Texas and Baltimore, Minnesota and Houston. 
Two pretty interesting games yesterday, and I want to start with the Rangers and Orioles because, man, the Orioles having this dream season after years of being at the bottom of not only the AL East, but really at the bottom of of, of uh, the barrel in terms of – I mean, how many times have they pitched inside the top three in the last five years? I think most – I think every year. Every, it, it 2018, like, 19, oh, I'm pretty sure they've been a top three pitching team the last five years. Like ever since, I'm, almost sure, ever, I'm almost certain. Ever since 2017, 2016, you'd play the Orioles. Oh, that was basically a free win. Not anymore. They're down 2 nothing in the series. Texas – 11 to 8 yesterday. Um, funny enough, former Yankee Jordan Montgomery gets the start. Uh, four innings, five runs, four earned. Not his best start, but he didn't need to have his best start. Rangers scored nine runs through the first three innings, guys. Five in the second, four in the third. Um, Texas, a team that was in first place in the AL West for probably 97% of the year. At the very end, they squander the lead to the Astros. Um, it was a tight race in the AL West. It, and it top. looked like before the All-Star break started that they were going to be the kings of the AL and it's gonna, the right. AL is going to run through them. Nah, the AL's... Baltimore had a huge second half. They did. Baltimore, to me, I predict them to be a 162-team, meaning great regular season team, but just can't do the postseason. I did have the O's winning this, this series. Now, I had the Rangers winning it 3-1. Yeah, I mean, they're up 2 nothing right now, Aiden. And this is a Baltimore team that, you know, you see some veterans in the lineup, sure. But a lot of these guys, first postseason for them, they've come out of the dates a little slow um, in these past two games. And Texas is a team with guys who have been there before. Marcus Semien has played in a few postseasons. Corey, Corey Seager, obviously a World Series hero, right, for the Dodgers. Um, Mitch Garver has been there with Minnesota. Um, and then they've gotten just young guys who have stepped up, man. I mean, this kid, Evan Carter, their number one prospect, has come up to the majors and has done nothing but rake. Um, 288 over 22 games in the regular season with an OPS over 1,000. Um, he had a home run in game one. Uh, he did to hit in game two, doesn't do much. But, I mean, the Rangers as a team in 11 runs on 11 hits, they're up 2 nothing, and they are this close now as they head back to Arlington one win away from sending this Orioles team home after such a great season. For yeah, them. this year the Rangers have looked good, even though they did like fumble the division last week. But they've but they've looked good this postseason against both Tampa and Baltimore. And Baltimore. Right. But the thing I gotta say for Baltimore is, of course, like these guys, they don't have a lo- like a lot of playoff experience. Like we're not gonna see like insane playoff stats from Adley, Gunner, um, Mountcastle, Mol- even Cedric Mullins, but like. The only one out of like this lineup that I could see, that I see like having playoff experience is Aaron Hicks because yep. he was obviously on the Yankees. Yeah. He was obviously on the Yankees. Aaron Hicks uh, five RBIs in this game, by the way. He, um, you know, he has more RBIs in the postseason than he did all season with the Yankees. That's this, not true. This year. That's wild. That's, that can't be true. Course, yeah, I, I know oh, yeah. he was bad, but that can't possibly. Oh yeah. Be true. Oh yeah, the Mitch Garver had five games. RBIs for um, Texas. Corey Seager walked five times. He did, he did, and well, it was okay. almost it was almost two. five times in his Even first five plate appearances. Corey Seager was injured. You could have made a case part of this season. He was the MVP. Yes, absolutely. Corey Seager, honestly, I mean, when you look, I, I I've done, I've kind of crunched the numbers. He plays another thirty games, and I think it's safe to call it the best offensive season by a shortstop probably ever. Probably yeah. ever. Just he pro- another 30 games probably gets him to 40 homers, maybe like 115, 120 RBIs. He's 
another 30 games, he's at like almost 200 hits and OPS over 1,000. He hit 330, over 473 at-bats. Corey Seager is so good, man. He really is so, so good. Yeah, he only played 119 games, it says, on um, baseball reference. Um, yeah. Um, definitely definitely would have – definitely would get to 40 home runs if he played at least, like, 25, 30 more games. I mean, you know, Shohei Otani is going to win the MVP. Um, oh, well, he deserves obviously. it. Obviously. But Corey Seager, I think, should probably come in, probably come in second, right? I mean – yeah, we he, told, he, we had a top five a few weeks ago, but, in where we had the uh, AL MVP candidates, and I think I threw out like um, like Luis uh, Robert. Um, I I don't I, like Julio Rod like J Rod J Rod as a case. Um, yeah, and then of course Seager, and then there was, Marcus, there was Marcus there was Marcus Semyon in there. Season. Yeah, Se- Seager played very well this season, especially stepping up for the Rangers. And make and of course them obviously another surprising team in Major League Baseball because they were like yeah. sixty eight and ninety four last year, but then getting Bruce Bochy right. as their new manager who was has who has playoff experience with the San Francisco Giants World Series experience three of three them World Series right? three, of them three of them in five years, and then being able to um lead the Texas Rangers to the postseason. It's funny he uh he beat the Rangers in one of those World Series twenty ten in yeah. twenty ten. Now Maybe on, he'll uh, <laughs> win the World Series with the team he beat. Now he's on the other side. Well, Rangers, the Giants aren't in the postseason, so he can't beat the Giants <laughs> I would in that say case. The same thing, Aiden. Rangers uh, have never won a World Series, and so it'd nope. be, be good and, for them and, to get it this year, no, right? No, if the Rangers won the World Series, I wouldn't mind that. Me neither. Are you sure? Texas well, Rangers? They play across from a certain football team. I, right across uh, the street. I I don't I don't, hate, I don't think Jerry no, Jones real, real stuff. He has no ownership with them. Okay. Yeah, he has nothing. He has nothing with like the Texas Rangers. They are from Dallas though, so I don't know if you guys are going to be too happy. No, I don't no, mind the other Dallas I, teams. Me, I agree. I don't really care for the um, Rangers, Mavs, or Stars, but not definitely not that. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind the other. We know Dallas how teams you guys Dallas feel Cowboys. about Dallas, and we'll get to that. We'll get to them. By the way. <laughs> um. But yeah, Texas in this day or Texas in game two. I'm sorry, uh, eleven runs and another guy who had a big season. Uh, at least Garcia. He last two years. Oh yeah, Dolis last two or three great... years. Adolis, I'm sorry. Um, another huge year for him. Thirty nine homers, hundred seven ribbies. Um, he uh, has two hits in this game. Mitch Garver with the five RBIs, like we said, Tony and Grand Slam. By the way, um, that really kind of put the game out of reach. Uh, in the third inning, um, Grayson Rodriguez, I, I really felt bad for him. Uh, I too. Rodriguez, you know, and it's actually funny, I called one of his starts when he was in high A for the Orioles um, team. Um, man, that computer. When you start your, your PC up, Sam, it sounds like, I'm sorry, that it sounds was like my a fault. spaceship about it. That, that was my fault. <laughs> it was updating. That was, um, that was my bad. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if you all could heard that or hear that. I, I think which is us in the studio. Um, Grayson <laughs> Rodriguez, one of the Orioles' best pitching prospects that they've had come up in a while. And first postseason start for him, he got rocked. Only goes at any and two thirds. Texas gets five runs off of him. He was leaving a lot of stuff out over the plate. And Rangers, like we said, Aiden, are a good offensive team, and they're going to punish you if you do that. And Grayson Rodriguez, I, I just felt bad for the kid because. Such a great year that he was a part of. Um, and to come out like that in game two, after already losing game one, you could feel the air in that stadium just getting sucked uh, right out, right? The fans were just 
really kind of dejected. Yeah, I feel bad for them, especially knowing that one and two third innings, allowing five runs in the second, and then it was nine to two Rangers in the third inning. Which when I was watching football at the point, I see the score at nine to two. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, what the hell? You know, speaking of football, the Rangers. You know that Rangers scored. More runs the Cowboys had points in last night's yes. game. Yes, sir. That is true. That is true. Yeah, we'll get to the Cowboys, but yeah, um, we got no. We'll discuss the Cowboys in the Niners game. Oh my! Tomorrow God. on third and long. Well, we're gonna talk about it a little bit today too, in um, more detail. Yes, in more detail tomorrow. But all right, Texas and Baltimore. That series. I mean, again, for the Orioles to have such a great season and for that fan base to finally I mean they had been so hungry for a great season again in Baltimore and now for them to have their bats against the wall they've got to win 3 in a row I th- I still think that there's a chance they could do it they are a really good team but Texas has definitely looked like the better club uh through the first two games and so uh game 3 of that series will be tomorrow um we've got one more series to discuss another Twins AL, and Astros. AL1 uh, big win for the Twins yesterday, and who got the big early hit? Former Astro, right? Carlos Correa, three RBIs against uh, the team that uh, he won a World Series with. Uh, two World Series? No, no, no one. only one, right? Correa right. went right, to the Twins last year. in 2022. Yeah, You're right. So yeah, so he won a World Series with the Astros. Now he's playing him in the postseason in Houston. Got to be a weird feeling for him, but. And he goes three for three, uh, three for four with three RBIs. Pablo Lopez seven shutout innings, and the Twins even the series at one apiece headed back to Minnesota now for Game Three. Yeah, another thing I did not something else I did not expect the Twins to um take one in Houston because yeah. after because Twins fans were after that Blue Jays um series that they were doing they were saying the we want Houston chance and you know that could go pretty wrong because yes, Yankees I, and Philly I, fans. I that. Oh my God. We but, want Boston. But, we want Boston. But the Twins, they they were able to get the job done, and um, of course that's a big advantage for them heading back to Target Field for Game Three and Four. Absolutely. I, I mean, Houston. Again, I, I hate to keep bringing it up, but as the Yankees fans, we know it's not an easy place to win in, in the. No, in the like, not easy at all. Like I, I think the Astros are going to ultimately win this series in four games. You think they're taking the Nets too? They're still com- the they're, they are still a pretty complete team themselves. Oh, of course, of course. Of course. But if, but then and the Twins have actually won some playoff repeat games. Repeat World Series this year. And what was the stat you had? They hadn't won a playoff since two thousand four. I mean, that's crazy. I was you know, fi- I was five you, months old. You know the last no, time four they, months old. They won a playoff game. Well, yeah, it was yesterday. But before that. before before this before this year before this, before this year, year you the were, curse of the great bat be now. Has not been broken yet. It had not, right? Yeah. Nope. Oh, it was four. not broken. But not broken. you just reminded me of PTSD. You were not born. I was born. January, that's right. You, May 2004. I was a year. No, I was like four months old when it was October. I was, you were born. Because end of September. You were born. Because I'm end of May. So September, end of September, I'd be four months old, beginning of October. So, yeah, I'd be like like four months. But you guys were still, you know, you guys yeah. were still in diapers. I was at least walking. You know, I was at least were moving. You, were you watching the Twins playoff? No, I was not. I, <laughs> I was not watching any of it. I don't think you could even see at that age. Um, but yeah. Anyway, I look Minnesota. To me, they they're just a scrappy team because they really. When I was, you know, kind of just taking a look at them, they don't have an offensive superstar. I mean, Roy uh, Royce Lewis really kind of good. He really kind of came through this year as a former number one overall pick. 
Only played in 58 games, but he hit really well. 15 homers in 217 at-bats, 920 OPS. Um, Yeah, Royce Lewis has been really, really good. Uh, A home run in game one of this series. uh, One for four yesterday, three strikeouts. But, I mean, besides him, it's Aiden. It's just a bunch of guys who are really solid at the plate. I mean, a leadoff hitter like Donovan Solano, just a a good bat-to-ball guy. Uh, He'll get on base. Jorge Polanco. Switch hitting bat, Carlos Correa hitting cleanup, Ryan Jeffers, you know, again, good hitting catcher, but there's not one guy Max Kepler. that sticks out. Kepler, Correa, another rookie, uh, Julian, uh, the um, the second baseman uh, who came in yesterday. Look, it's for been Kyle a fun Florida. ride for the Twins, but it's going to end this week against Houston. I mean, their pitching is pretty decent. Pablo Lopez is a good the, pitcher. The Twins do have that roster to go back to the postseason again, though, of, of course, obviously, because they were. A postseason team, 2019, when they had like they were hitting homers, hitting homers like every day. They had like 307 that year, and then of course 2020, a postseason team. 2021, they did not make. They had like a disappointing season. 2022, they didn't make the postseason. But then they were able to gain back their ground and make the postseason this year with their roster, and of course be able to win some postseason games. And that's and Twins fans are definitely getting some satisfaction out of that. But they have to finish the series off first. I mean, Aiden, when you went to the pitching, right, Pablo Lopez goes last night, seven shutout innings. They they go with Bailey Ober in game one, um, and he picks up the loss. But Bailey Ober actually had a good season, and he is a very underrated guy for them. Look at their other two options. They're going to go with Sonny Gray, who we know very well. But Sonny oh. Gray is a Sonny, Sonny, Sonny Gray, Gray turned his career around. Sonny Gray, well, he was good before the Yankees. Then he came to New yeah, York. Yeah, he was on the A's. Yeah. I think. Yeah, he he was on he was on Oakland. Then he went to Cincinnati. Yankees got him from Cincinnati. Obviously, stunk it up in the Bronx. But Sonny Gray is a damn good pitcher, and he's going to go in Game Three tomorrow for them. And they still have Joe Ryan ready to go in a potential Game Four. And then if it gets to Game Five, what would that be? Three or four days rest? They'll just hand it back to Lopez. Exactly. Or, or over and have Lopez come. I mean, the Twins pitching. I, they're, I think they're the opposite of the Dodgers. They have four or five guys in that rotation. A lot of options in the pitch, a lot of options in the pitching room. That's what you. That's what you need to build around because you can't just have hitters and then your pitchers just allow like five runs a game over five runs a game. You need you need to build off both of those, and that's what the Twins are doing with with not what uh, like like you mentioned, <laughs> not a load of not a load of superstars, but of course exactly. depth in the pitching room. And at the plate. And one of the best closers in the lead as well, Yuan Duran. Uh, 27 saves this year, 2.4 since ERA, 84 strikeouts in 62 innings. Um, yeah, they've got good bullpen guys as well. I mean, this Twins team, I, they're going to have to compete with this Houston team. I mean, the pitching is going to have to be as good as it was last night. 6-2 win uh, for the Minnesota Twins. All right. Let's quickly let's get it out of the way. The Cowboys... Got blown out. We all saw it. We all saw it. Now, my question immediately to you guys is, are they fraudulent? Yes. Yes. Okay. Aaron, (laughs) as the non-Giant fan here, do you think they're fraudulent? I think they're a little fraudulent. Okay. Even if they lost the 49 I mean, Micah Parsons was – I mean, he was a ghost last night. I – okay. This is my thing with the nine with with the Cowboys. If they just lost a close game, I would not say they're fraudulent. But it's how they lost. They looked like they were dead. They looked like oh yeah, the defense they lost was by aw- thirty two. The defense was awful last. And night. then their three wins: the Giants, 
the Jets, Jets without Aaron Rodgers and the Patriots, who's only scored three points last two weeks. And they lost to Arizona, too. Yeah, the Cowboys lost okay. to Arizona. Arizona puts up fights. They're not the worst team in the NFL. They're not the worst, but yeah, they're, really not, are not they're, bad. Not, they're not. Josh Dobbs has played pretty good for them. Yeah, but you got to beat the Arizona Cardinals. Exactly. exactly. If you're the Dallas Cowboys, you got to beat the Arizona Cardinals. You're the America. Come on, they're, they're America's, America's team. America's team, like, right. haven't since 96. Haven't since 96. D- Dallas has a lot of, I think, question marks that were revealed last night. I, I think when you look at them offensively, outside of C.D. Lamb, I mean, I, I, I like Michael Gallup. I do. Um, it's a little bit of a struggle for Dak. Especially against a defense like that in San Francisco, if his top playmaker is being shut down, they really don't have a lot they can go to elsewhere in the passing game. I mean, they can give it to Tony Pollard as many times as they want, but San Francisco is such a complete defense that you need to be really on against them. And Dallas on both sides of the ball just looked flat, like you said, Sam. They really did. Yeah, no, they looked flat. And look, you mentioned CeeDee Lamb. I also like Tony Pollard. Stepping in for Zeke last year, being the main back this year. He's going to be a free agent playing on the franchise tag. But Dak Prescott last night, he looked horrible. He did. Three interceptions, 153 yards for Dak Prescott. Worst loss of his career, by the way. (laughs) Biggest loss of of Dak's career, 32. Me and Aaron and Aiden, if you want to join us tomorrow, we'll be on third and long tomorrow. We'll be discussing this more often, more in detail. But could you guys make a case that Dak Prescott is holding the Cowboys back. I think I think you could make a case. In this game, I wouldn't say so. I think I think this was just a total disaster. The, both if, sides if of the you're ball. Jerry Jones. I think San Francisco is just a lot better. You uh, need honestly. to fire the whole coaching staff. You think? Are they getting anywhere with Mike McCarthy? Well, that's no. been known that they're not. No. But they're not And what's fire Dan them. Quinn? They're not. They're they, yeah, they, they did get they did get rid of Kellen Moore, even though Kel, he's now at the Chargers offensive Kellen Moore coordinator. Was good yeah, he he's he he been their head coach this year. And no, but and Dallas then, is out the Chargers next week, so they'll see him. Yeah, Monday Night Football that is yep. next week. They're the only touch the only game. their only touchdown they scored was by Cavante Turpin, which of course I've seen from before. He was he's pretty fast and like was returning. I remember when he was like had like a kick return touchdown like after he was with like the USFL's New Jersey Generals. Right, so, yeah. yeah, that's the yeah, right. That's the tutor they signed from uh, the USFL, right? Yeah, Turpin, Cavante Turpin. Yep, I remember him. Um, nah, but like, I mean, at this not, point though, n- and he's probably what their their fourth <laughs> receiver. I mean, that's not good. Hold <laughs> on, yeah. See, there's CD Lamb. There's yeah, Michael Gallup, Gal, Brandon, Brandon Cooks, Cooks, and then t- yeah, and then maybe, Turpin, and I mean, then Jake Ferguson's the tight end. But. Jake Ferguson a tight end. Deuce Vaughn also at running back. Um, oh my God, like. But yeah, the, the real stuff though. The Niners, they were again. They looked good last night. George Kittle had three touchdowns. Oh yeah, did you see the um shirt he was wearing? Yeah, under? I, know, I know what it said. I think everyone, everyone who's listening knows what it said. Oh my god. Um, yeah, man, San Francisco. I mean, this is obviously a historic rivalry, Aiden. All time rivalry. This could be. I, I haven't cr- looked at the numbers on it. This has got to be one of the worst blowouts in in the rivalry either way. Absolutely, I think, I think. because the two playoff games they played, they were close games at least. But the Cowboys, at the last play, were just making dumb decisions. They got blown out last night. They got blown out by the Niners. Yeah, the Niners are great though. But 
Oh my god. They are, like, they just embarrass themselves. I mean, I I know, as a Giant fan, we got embarrassed 40 nothing by them on Sunday Night Football. But, oh my god. 42 to 10. 42? Uh, you're you're enjoying it, and yeah, you, I, you I was deserve, enjoy, I was no, enjoying it. To. I was enjoying it last to. night. Oh my god! I'm sure you were. At this point, <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank uh, you, thank you, Niners. I, I want to talk a little bit before we go to break again about um San Francisco and how great they look. They I look mean, great. I mean, their starters were out of the game in, in the third quarter. Yeah. Um, Sam Darnold. God bless his soul. Uh, comes in for the last drive. But Brock Purdy, four touchdowns. I mean, three of them to George Tittle, including, what, like a minute and a half into the – I mean, what, what did they yeah. run, five plays on that opening drive and they scored? I mean, it was so yeah. easy. The touchdown throw to Tittle, no one was near him. Kittle, yeah, three receptions, 67 yards, and three touchdowns All three for of his catches All, were touchdowns. Randy Moss Thanksgiving-type stats yep. for Kittle, except it was only 67 <laughs> yards, but right. still, those type of stats, familiar. So I, I think we're at the point, Aiden, where, you know, and there have been conversations coming into this year, which I honestly didn't fully understand about Purdy, like, maybe not being the right guy for them or something, or he's not good enough to get them to a Super Bowl. I think that's complete bogus. I think even if he was just a run-of-the-mill guy, I still think they're good enough to make the Super Bowl. But we've seen enough from Brock Purdy at this point to where, okay, yes, physically he's not anything special, but damn, does he make throws on time. And, I mean, he just made big-time throws. I think he is a very good quarterback, honestly. I'm at that point. Let me say something. So, I get it's like the system he plays in with the 49ers, but it has been working. It has been working for them. He is 10 and 0 as a starter. I get wins are not wins are a team stat, not a QB stat, by the way, guys. But Brock Purdy has been they've been playing very well with Brock Purdy at quarterback. And they they're pretty complete. They are a complete team, the 49ers. I mean, I don't know how well this offense would run with a guy who we saw last night, like Trey Lance on the Dallas sideline. Yeah, Trey Lance. Or even with if they had Jimmy G still. I think Purdy is is kind of similar to Jimmy G, but even 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 still, I think Brock Purdy has got better pocket awareness than Jimmy G. I Purdy do. was able to do the job last night. And that again, just he knows what he's doing. He's stepping up. Did just you did you say he is a top twenty quarterback? I think you could top twenty. Yeah, twenty you can. You can. Top fifteen. Is, fifteen is. is. I think I think he's. On the outside looking in. Like, but he's in the borderline of that. Like, right. Because 15, there's, like, other quarterbacks who have a lot more experience that have, like, that play at the top level. But Brock Purdy, you could – it's like, eh, you get – like, right. borderline top 15. He's still he, – he, he's playing great. He's he playing great. But it's – he's still – it's obviously, like – He's not been in the league for this load amount of time because his first start was in December last year against the Dolphins. Right. But Purdy's been playing well. Yes. The Niners, incredible game from them. They they are able to get the Cowboys number. Yeah. No, he absolutely did. Um, San Francisco again blowing out um, Dallas last night. <laughs> um, 
Tonight, Raiders, Packers, 815, Monday night game, Jimmy G against uh, Jordan Love. I honestly don't want to spend a ton of time, if any time, on this game, honestly, because we're going to discuss it more in third and long. We are. And, and Devontae her, Adams playing his old team. Well, that's a bit storyline, yeah. It, 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 I think it would be more of a storyline if Rodgers was still there and if Devontae was going to right. exactly. Green True. Bay. Yeah, Green Bay, I mean, at 2-2, two and two, if they win the game, you know, they're 3-2, second in the north, but I, I, I think it's Detroit's division. I mean, they, oh. look, they look really Detroit good. Detroit looks amazing. Detroit looks, looks very good. great. Dan- Without a Monroe Sam, Lo- Sam Laporta with two touchdowns? Oh, yeah, those Iowa tight ends, man. Jeez. They are just – they just pump them out. They wait, really do. wait a second. Wait a second. I'm, I'm just – yeah, I, I – oh, my. What is what is with Iowa with their tight ends? Man, Kittle, no. Hawkinson, yep. Noah Fant, Laporta? Yeah, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're tight end you, don't you know? They they are tight end you. They are. That's Excuse nuts. Me. All right. Um. So yeah, Packers Raiders. Um. I, I, a couple minutes here before we go to break. I do want to talk a little basketball. Um. Knicks start their preseason tonight, hosting Boston. Go Knicks. Go Knicks. Um. Now this is a Sixers market. They took on the it Celtics is. last night. Let's talk a little Sixers here. Um. Oh, James Harden's back. We're going to win the finals. This is our year. I don't think anyone's saying that, though. (laughs) I I think they're like, oh, no, James Harden is back. But I think that's more the reaction. As a (laughs) Nets fan, I laugh at the situation. I think it's hilarious. Well, you have a right. Because at at one time, he was your problem. But now he's he's someone else's problem. Now Sean Marks said, you know what? Philly, you want him? Have him. Take him. Yeah, James Harden, uh, he obviously didn't play uh, in the game last night. Um, like, in all seriousness, let's just talk about James couple, Harden for a couple second. couple nights ago, sorry. Does anyone actually want him on your basketball team? Wait, no. The, no. Game, the game was last night. Yeah, yeah Sixers yeah. Celtics was last night. Yes, they played in Boston last night. Um, but, Harden, the main, but the main focus in Philly was obviously the Eagles for them. Right. And the Sixers isn't like they're like deep focus right now because um, the Eagles and Phillies. But, yeah, the Sixers played last night. So, Sam, you said – would anyone want James Harden? Yeah. No. In all seriousness. I don't I don't think with that know. amount of co- with that money he's owed. There was a reason why he the Rockets didn't want to have him back. As Knicks fans, would you want him on your roster? No. Well, no. We don't need him on the roster, but I like our roster right now. I don't care. The problem with James Harden is he wants to obviously go somewhere where, where he has the best chance to win a championship. That's true, but like I've I just don't see any team that he can fit in with the money situation, with all his antics, that is good enough to win a like, championship, and actually has a need for a point what I've, guard. What I've seen like the last like few years is that his like play style will never like as the like star player would never win like a championship. He's never gonna win a championship. He was close when when, when he was with Chris Paul in Houston. And twenty eighteen, they were very close. Played in the postseason. He's not a good postseason player. He's not, or at least he's, I mean, he's absolutely not the level of player that he is in the regular season, in the postseason. He had a couple of nice postseason games last year for Philly, but he also had stingers, obviously. Game seven, um, he had yeah. nine points. I mean, him and Embiid both, um, not to drag him into this, because he is far from the issue in Philadelphia, obviously, but him and Embiid both um, <clears throat> were, were, were not there in game seven against Boston last year. Nope. Um, and so... Yeah, uh, Philadelphia. I mean, the Sixers, man. 
for a team that's been a perennial playoff team the last three or four years, um, they might have the most most turmoil of any team in the NBA. Honestly, they, with, the, they, with this they whole thing. Yep. And for a team that I still think, even without him, is a playoff team. I mean, I just don't know. Like, it's just so complicated. Nick Nurse is there now, and he's obviously going to do his best to not make that a distraction. But Aiden, you know, at a certain point, it's like Philadelphia. I I think they've got to just make the decision. They've yeah. either got to cut ties with him or they have to get him completely on board. Otherwise, it's just an end of as a distraction I think like it was in Brooklyn. They have. To. I think just cut ties with him. They have. He has to show that he wants to actually play basketball and not just start drama because that's not you what you want in a basketball team or any team in general. So if he does that, just cut him. And of course, Nick. Of course, Nick Nurse, different coach than Doc Rivers. So and so, we they got to see what they do with Nick Nurse, especially even though Harden. There's like issues with Harden and um, Daryl Morey. I don't know, man. I don't know what what is what is up with these Sixers. I was uh, I was shocked honestly that he was even at training. Yet. Exactly, I was shocked too. That, that photo was actually kind of funny. Just I was like, wait, is that is that actually James Harden standing? There? <laughs> James Harden. I thought man. someone photoshopped him in, but um, imagine. We'll see what happens with the Sixers, but yeah, Nets and Celtics tonight. I I I, w- I would like to talk about the New York Nets because, in my opinion, and I know I've had some bad tapes. Oh, here we the go. The Knicks are going to be a great team this year. I think a great team. I think we're winning 50 games. Plus. 50. Def- there's definitely a chance I on that, to I be think, honest. I think but the Knicks are going to win 50 plus I fe- games. I feel between, 45. Yeah, between 45 and 48, I could see. That's because, probably very realistic. Because obviously there's the Bucks, there's the Celtics, I know. the Sixers. The East just got so much better with that Dame and, and Drew The Heat. Like, there's, the, the East is a, there's, there's a lot of... Threats Stacked. in the e- threats in the East. Stacked. It's it's real stuff. Again, I don't see fifty wins, but I can see like forty six, forty seven. Like well, they won forty seven last year. Yeah, and I think I, I don't know. I think Divincenzo is going to be very yeah. We got a lot of vil- lot of Villanova guys on that team. I think the it's chem- the Nova Knicks. The chemistry on this Knicks team right now is so high. I I think they do have a chance to. Brunson and Hart, I love the connection of those two. Be one of the best teams in the East. Um, you obviously need a, a bit of a, a, a step from R.J. Barrett. Exactly. Um, need a, a bit of a step from him, and you need Julius Randle to be the guy that he was last year. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, I, you know, we'll go to break now. I, I know. But <laughs> I, I, I love I, – I, this is the most excited I've ever been for a Knicks Let's season. go Knicks, baby. I think, honestly, I can say that. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a rough 10 years, even though last year in 2021 um, – they just they they're a playoff team, but other than that, they've just not been good most of my life. Yes, very true, very true. We all know. Besides, it. Tw- I mean, I wasn't I wasn't really watching much in like the 2013 times and that stuff, but I remember that year. Oh, that those was, t- those times. Nets have been in the basement, man. Hey, they're, let's go Knicks. I think it's safe to say they're bad. Nets are bad. All right, go I New York. I, go New York. Go. <laughs> Got to call him Lloyd Wilson. Um, oh, anyway. Oh. <laughs> um, all right, let's go to break here on Offsides. When we get back, we'll have our top five. Um, quickly, got to tell you that on Sunday mornings from 10 till noon, join Rowan Radio for the Sunday Classical Brunch. Tune in as your host, Julia Cantor, brings you the sweet sounds of classical music. Bach, Beethoven, Mozart, and more are just waiting for you this weekend for the Sunday Classical Brunch. Starting at 10 a.m. only on Rowan Radio. 
89.7 WGLSFM. Also online at rowanradio.com. Uh, so if you want some nice, easy-doing classical music to fire you up for NFL football on Sundays, 10 a.m., you got to be there on Rowan Radio. All right, offsides will return after this quick message. We'll have our top five. message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat. How does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is worth more than your life? What would happen if they take their eyes off the road and their hands off the wheel? So ask them to stop texting. It may be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the Ad Council, the National Highway Safety Administration, and Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Tune in to Rowan Radio every Saturday afternoon from 5 to 8 p.m. for the Icon Rock Show with the Icon himself, Harry D. Enjoy the very best classic and hard rock from Aerosmith to Black Sabbath to the Rolling Stones and more. Crank up the volume for the Icon Rock Show every Saturday from 5 to 8 p.m. Only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Also online at rowanradio.com. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, RowanRadio.com, Channel 2. Back with you all here on Offsides, the Monday edition, here with your host, Aaron Hook. I've got Aiden Ray and Sam Prince with me here in the WGLS-FM production studio. We are here in Glassboro wrapping up the show uh, with our top five. And obviously, guys, like we talked about at the top of the show, with uh, postseason baseball in full swing, really uh, – Getting the October weather a little bit as well. I have Sam, you know, he's got the he's got the nice vest on. Aiden's got the hoodie. Uh, before, I, I do. Have I my, love hoodies. I do have my shorts on. However, when I left the house, I was like, you know, it's it's a long sleeve shirt and shorts type of day. It's not, you know, in the forties yet where you got to go pants and long sleeve combo. Then I, I think rocking the shorts is is valid. How today. long I do you rock shorts. shorts for, Aaron? So the thing is, in elementary school, I was always one of those kids. You were like, the kid. Would, I was the kid who would wear shorts when it was twenty degrees out. Um, <laughs> probably, uh, probably up until about seventh grade, I did that, and then I realized I probably needed <laughs> one a better fashion sense, and two, like, what am I doing wearing shorts in twenty degrees? Um, I love shorts. I, I, I think in a couple weeks, if it starts to get a little cooler than this, I'm gonna have to switch to pants full time. But I think you know, I, I'm still kind of hanging on to summer a little bit. Aaron. Um, with the shorts. Hoodie and shorts, always the move. I wear hoodies nine months out of the year. I wear shorts, <laughs> like, year-round. See, hoodies are a great, like, like quote-unquote cop-out because, like, you can rock shorts and you're like, oh, no, I got a hoodie on. I'm warm. I'm fine. Yeah, I'd rather wear shorts when it's cold than wear pants and be hot. That's that's my move. I would much rather – well, I like, would much rather be, be really hot than really cold. Like, no, I'm talking about, like – 
like shorts when I'm like cold for like like five minutes oh, going yeah, yeah. into the building. Like, of course, that's of course. like not like when I'm like out at like a, like a college football game, like for example, like a Rutgers game, and it's like November and I'd I'm rather, freezing. I'd rather wear pants. I'd rather wear layers. I'd rather walk into class, you know, maybe a little, maybe a little, um, a little chilly, you know, uh, instead of sweating uh, and everyone looking at me and you know that whole deal. Um, anyway, <laughs> go props. <laughs> go props. All right. So our top five, which we never said, is going to be the top five postseason home runs in Major League Baseball history. There's a lot to choose from, but we uh, have done at least our best to narrow it down to five. And Sam Prince, would you like to go first? I will go first in my top five. And not in order of the best postseason home runs is the David Freeze 2011 World Series Game 6 when he sent it to Game 7. And the Cardinals wound up winning the World Series because of his home run. But I also have, a couple years ago, Howie Kendrick 2019 World Series Game 7 that would seal a deal for the Washington Nationals' first ever World Series championship for their own franchise. And then my personal favorite on the list is the Aaron Boone 2003 ALCS Game 7. Then unfortunately, as a Yankee fan, as much as I hate to say this, Game 6, 2019, Jose Altuve. Y'all know it. The Yankees lost. And I also have to say, this is a tough one for number 5 for me. I wanted to go a lot of places, but I, I just wasn't quite sure where to go. So you left the blank? So you know where I'm going to do? Where? I'm going to go. This is a tough one. This is a tough one, but I'm going to go with... Kike Hernandez, 2020 NLCS Game 7 that would seal the deal for the Dodgers to go to the World Series. And I was debating between that and the Bryce Harper Padres home run, Mm. both sending their teams to the World Series. But for me, the Kike one was more impactful because they wound up actually winning the World Series. And I know we have a Philly crowd in the Glassboro, New Jersey area where the majority of everyone is a Philly sports fan. I know a lot of people aren't too mad at me in this WGLS <laughs> Roan Radio studio. We got a a, um, a nice New York crowd. I'd love we to do. see it. Yeah. But I'm going to have to give it to Kike. I mean, Kike's always been one of those underrated players. Played for the Dodgers and the Red Sox. Back to the Dodge this, Dodger this year. See, so, yeah, that's my list. I, I think the Harper home run, you know, for us to be – at school here when that happened and in the oh, market. It was, it was really special, you know, even though uh, we've said it, you know, we're not particularly fond I was rooting of the for the Phillies. Padres. <laughs> yes, there maybe was a rooting interest for San Diego. But, I mean, to see him hit that home run and see the way that the city and the fan base, and especially, I mean, obviously the crowd reacted in a moment like that. I think it was really special to be a part of that, even if we're not Phillies fans. Um, that's what I'll say about that home run. Obviously, one of the one of the biggest, if not the biggest, in uh, Philly's history. Um, and so, yeah, it's but, a good but, point, though. But Dodgers it didn't win. win the World Series for them. Like, right, that's true. All right, Aiden, who's your five? All right, let's 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 do this. So, of course, I'll obviously got to mention um, the Harper home run again, yep. uh, obviously, because um, the swing of his life. Swing um, of his life. <laughs> game five. Great call, great call by Joe Davis. Also, Scott Fransky with a great call. Yes, on, um, yes. He came to pizza with the pros Scott last Francis, November. One of the, one of the best, man. One of the best. 
I'm going to mention some classic ones here, too. Um, 1988 Kirk Gibson, Ooh, um, which is one. an iconic one. Um, made my list. 1988. Um, I'm going to mention Magalie Ordonez, the Detroit Tigers one, um, yep. 2006 ALCS, um, before they played the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, David Freeze, we will see you tomorrow night. Twenty, oh, love that one. Twenty eleven, one of the best Joe Buck calls of all time. Every baseball fan knows. After he tied the game against in the bottom of the ninth with that triple, and then I'm sorry, Phillies. I'm sorry, to all you Phillies fans. Joe Carter, nineteen ninety three. The Blue Jays are World Series champions. That one. Yeah, I, and all great calls, right? I mean, all of them great calls. Yep. You mean was that five? That's five. That's five. I'm a numbers wow. guy. Yeah, I'm a numbers guy. <laughs> Joe That's Carter, fun. David, yeah, Joe Carter, I, David Freeze, Bryce Harper. And I like your historical take on them. For me, I was going with recent, the one, most recent, and ones that I was alive for. Even though I didn't watch the Aaron Boone game, I was alive. That's for how it. I. That's how I feel. But that's how I feel to be honest. And then like real stuff, I didn't. I did not want to put L two A on there because yeah, I had to. <laughs> PTSD, man. <laughs> yeah, I left that off one. I left that on. Uh, I left that off my list um, as well. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, my five, no order. Sam, I'm going to steal your uh, Aaron Boone one. Um, honestly, it, it kind of it's crazy to even say because me uh, a few years ago, I don't think would ever admit to saying this, but this one kind of slips my mind a little bit. But it is one of the biggest home runs in Yankees history. I mean, game seven against Boston in 03 um, of the ALCS. Probably is the biggest. It's one of them. I don't know if it's the biggest. I mean, it wasn't in a World Series, but it. I mean, against Boston, in a stage like that, for Aaron Boone to come up and, and crank that home run to left field, um, certainly a, a very vivid memory for me. I didn't see it live, obviously, but for me growing up, that video has been played a million times. And of course, this being one of the best American sports rivalries yeah. of all time, the best. debatable in my opinion, the best rivalry in all of sports. Yeah, maybe not. Re- maybe not recently. But. Not recently, like 2004, 2018, like the like that those eras. Yes. That's one, and it's obviously the best rivalry in sports. Had to go, David Freeze, 2011. Obviously, you said in the iconic call by by Joe Buck stealing it from his dad. Um, and David Freeze, man, I mean, what a what a like five minutes of fame, right? I mean, or 15 minutes of fame, like. He ended up being like a solid player for a few we more years after that. We will see you tomorrow night. I mean, he is going to go down in baseball history for that. Um, Joe Carter in '93 against the Phillies. Uh, I the mean, Blue it, Jays are World Series champions. D- Joe Carter. I mean, it doesn't get any bitter and then literally hitting a home run to, to win, win the, the World, World Series. Series. Like that that's, is that's why I, that's why I said that's my last option. That to is to win the World Series. That is the dream that. Every single kid has, um, and so he did that. I I I, I still imagine that, <laughs> and if I play wiffle ball with my friends, <laughs> see you later. It's out of here. Bottom the Prince. Yankees have won the World Series. Bottom nine, down three, bases loaded, Grand three two, two outs. Yep. That that's the dream scenario. Sam Prince at the plate, baby. Aiden Ray, Grand Slam. <laughs> the Yankees win the World Series. Oh man! All right, last two I had um, Albert Pujols off of. Brad Lidge in Houston. Uh, I think it was 2004, 2005. I think NLCS. five. I think five. Are you talking about Cardinals Astros? Yep. Yeah, that's 05. Because 05. And yes, you're right. It the was Astros played the White Sox, and the White Sox won that World Series. Um, 
Albert Pujols, man. I mean, Brad Lidge was a great closer for Houston the year before, and he actually ended up being the closer for the Phillies when they won the World Series in 08. Um, but Brad Lidge was the best closer in baseball that season, regular season. Yep. And Pujols hits a mammoth home run in Houston off of him. I mean, he absolutely crushed it um, to put the Cardinals ahead in that game. Uh, and Brad Lidge was not the same the season after that. He yeah. struggled for a, for a couple of years before the Phillies picked him up and then he ended up winning the World Series with them. Um, but Albert Pujols, <clears throat> man, one of the greatest hitters ever, obviously. Uh, Incredible. Probably his signature home run of his career. I mean, yeah. it was a absolute moonshot that he hit. Um, and then this was in no order, but my personal favorite, I think it's got to be Jose Bautista against Texas. The bat flip. Oh, oh yes. yes. That's, the bat flip. Even though that I was whole, rooting for the Rangers, that's probably one of mine. That, whole, that Blue Jays team was so fun to watch at that time. I mean, that turned that's, Jose, probably, that's probably one of my – like favorite non-Yankee games in um MLB history because you, you know what I it, hate it's just to say awesome. it's probably one of my favorite non-Yankee memories is I think it was game two or three of the 2017 World Series where they just scored run after run Dodgers after run. that was I think that was game I will, five it was a great World Series I think every game was high scoring in that World Series but um. Yeah, I mean, Jose Bautista, man. That home run turned him from Jose Bautista to Joey Bats. Also, so. another great call on that. Yes, Kenny Albert. Kenny Albert. Ba- Kenny Bautista Albert. with a drive deep left field, no <laughs> doubt about it. And then the horn blaring after. Yeah, I mean, the atmosphere. The atmosphere was, was so crazy. loud. It was so crazy. So After, in the seventh inning, took like 50 minutes, 53 minutes, <laughs> because, like, the um, bat incident that allowed the Rangers to score a run, and then the Blue Jays fight back. And then, yeah, and they were down 2-0 in that series against the Rangers yes. at that point, too, and came back and won that. Hopefully we get uh, some more classic postseason home runs uh, next couple of weeks. So, But that's our top five for now. Ben Aaron Hook, Sam Prince, Aiden Ray here in the studio for this Monday edition of Offsides. Uh, Ten past the hour here. In Glassboro, Phillies and Braves has gotten underway, so if you're listening live, um, go tune in to that. However, we will be back next Monday. You can catch offsides every week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, from 5 to 6 p.m. Again, this has been Aaron Hood for the Monday edition here on RowanRadio.com Channel 2. I hope you all have a great rest of your Monday. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.